Summer Walker is an American R&B artist who wore two Hmong-inspired outfits to one perform and two the BAT Awards. The Hmong community responded, This is our hot take. take. Welcome, Welcome to Hmongish. I'm Pachia. And I'm Sean. So, the Summer Walker case. There's been tons of media coverage on it. The Hmong community online has responded. What do you think? I've heard about it, and I think, you know, a lot of people is talking about it because it's, you know, because of the cultural appropriation. Yeah. And, you know, so who, who, who is Summer Walker first? Though? So I didn't know who Summer Walker was either. Um, I had to look her up, and she's performed with, like, Cardi B, or, like, she has music wow, videos with yeah. Cardi B. So she's a celebrity. With, she's she's a, celebrity. a big celebrity okay. with, like, CZA. I think that's mm. how you pronounce it. I'm not that cool with... <laughs> SZA. Oh my gosh. Okay. See, I'm not. I'm not that cool with pop culture. I only listen to Doja Cat. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I've been, um, I've been out of the loop since like 2010. So yeah. So I didn't know who Summer Walker was. I didn't know she was so big. The Hmong community is uh, screaming cultural appropriation because many people are offended um, that she wore it without giving. Um, like giving credit to Hmong people and that she wore it in very uh, sexual way. Um, but there are so many different sort of uh, opinions out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think today it'd be interesting for us to talk about our opinions on it because cultural appropriation is um, has been an ongoing issue in the Hmong community yeah, so and in many indigenous communities. Yeah, definitely. And let's look into cultural appropriation, what yeah. the definition is. So what does it mean? Uh, cultural appropriation is the adoption, uh, usually without acknowledgement, of cultural identity mar markers from subcultures or minority communities into mainstream cultures by people with a relatively privileged status. I think the Summer Walker case kind of hit some of the points here. The Summer Walker case was they bought a Hmong Sao and then they rebranded as Laurel Street brand. So the brand, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the brand was Laurel Street. Um, and their brand, I think they also styled her. Um, so a lot of people responded. So the response from the community, like a lot of people were educating. Like I was taking a look at like the Instagram posts, people's Twitter responses, people's TikTok responses. A lot of people, a lot of Hmong folks were coming out and talking about what the Sao is, like educating people on the history of the Sao, how it's worn, um, really upset. And then... <laughs> Um, I think what got me more upset was just how some people who aren't Hmong responded and was just like, okay, who cares? Um, that's for me is the more upsetting part. Um, we can go more into that on like the topic of cultural appropriation, like, um, one, like the Hmong folks, Hmong people aren't credited and these are like very, uh, very symbolic pieces of Hmong attire, um, and then there are some people who actually don't mind because they think it's a type of cultural appreciation. Um, some people think Summer Walker looks beautiful in it. Um, some people are like, well, why Why are Hmong people... <laughs> some people are like, why are Hmong people speaking out now? Because Hmong people appropriate other cultures like Lao culture and Thai culture, which I think is an interesting response. Um, and then another response is that Hmong people sexualize their own dress. So yeah. why is why is that an issue that she's wearing, wearing it in a sexual way when... Hmong girls be wearing Hmong stuff in sexual ways all the time. And that's a good point. I mean, I kind of agree with that. What yeah, does that say? I think I think my initial response to the post was like, oh, she's pretty hot. But then <laughs> but then okay. but then, you know, 
I, I, you, you look into it, and then you're like, okay, is this cultural appropriation or not? And then, is it cultural know, appropriation? I, it, it is. It's not that it's wrong, but it's because they didn't pay homage to the culture. Like the Royal Sheep Brand didn't say this is a Hmong sow, and they didn't create it from scratch. They literally just bought a sow and then modify it. That's into my a bigger issue with this. So, so I think, yeah. Sorry, not to take off, but like on the topic of cultural appropriation, one thing that I notice in the community is that we're very vocal about it. But the majority of what people want to see has historically within the past few years just been like, we want you to say it's Hmong. And for me, I'm like, that's not enough just to say yeah. it's Hmong. Um, and, you know, people talk about how it's great that people are appreciating the Hmong culture, which to some degree I think is valid. But if we aren't even able to really tell like outsiders or like people, the public about what a piece is or what a piece means, then how much are they actually able to appreciate our culture? This is a very symbolic piece to the Hmong community. And so the, the maybe you can tell us more the, about it. The, what is the Sao? There's a lot of interpretations of it, you know, right. oral history. I think the Sao plays a very important role in the Hmong community. Country. So it's, it, it's spelled X A U V, which is pronounced Sao in Hmong and Hmong da in the white Hmong language. But it, it's called differently in Mongjoa, Lupao, right? Lupao, yes. Lupao, how is Sao? Yeah. And so, Sao uh, actually means lock. <laughs> and in Thailand, they call it the So Lock necklace. But um, that's, uh, they believe. And in Hollywood. Yeah. And they believe it's to protect your spirit from like outside forces and it keeps you. Uh, it keeps you, I guess, level. Sorry, or? every time it just reminds <laughs> me of the ho- like the TV network that I don't know. It just made it so corny for me. Okay, right, go on. <laughs> oh, where the ghost tried to get yeah, her teeth, like, like so lock. <laughs> oh my god, it's so weird. Okay, but that's, I think that's a Thai stereotype on the so lock necklace. I don't know because that's, that's oral history. I don't, I don't, I don't interesting. know. Interesting. Okay, everybody has one for right. But then you know, going back to China and. Uh, from our travels, right? Remember when we were in China and they were telling us, oh, the Sao, we wore it as a symbolic remembrance to signify that we are Hmong. And mm-hmm. I was like, why? Why is it? Because they're uh-huh. like, all minorities look alike, but okay. only the Hmong people wore the Sao. They said, because it might be because we were once uh, serfs or slaves. So they gave us the Sao to differentiate us from other minorities. And I was Who like, gave what? us the Sao? <laughs> Who gave us the Sao? Right? I'm interested. That's, then, a, yeah. that's an interesting statement. They gave us the Sao. Yeah. Hmm. And then I was Thanks. like, wait, who? Who? The people in power? The emperor? <laughs> the, the Han Chinese? Is it the other minorities? So I was sure. like, interesting. So I shouldn't be wearing the Sao anymore. My, I don't know how many, ch- I don't know how much. Ch- so not story. everyone likes that story or that narrative yeah. of the Sao, right? Because my understanding of Lu Sauna, because it's called Lok, uh, and it translates as Lok, like Sao. Yeah. Um, and some oral history variations of what where it came from is that we were enslaved at one point. We yeah. were serfs, we were enslaved, indentured servants, however you want to call it. Um, and we actually were like chained and had to wear locks but you know in our development in our access to having more freedom we decided to hold on to these sort of as this remembrance of our past um but also kind of like turning a negative into a positive um turning these chains and these shackles into this beautiful silver jewelry like that is my understanding of lusao Okay, and that aligns a lot, I think, um, with our just our general history of like 
being in opposition to people in power in Asia, to empires that were in power that, you know, colonized us through imperialism, colonization, however you want to call it. Um, so that's my understanding. Um, and I think that not everyone likes that interpretation, maybe because it's kind of like shameful <laughs> to remember. I, I just think that people don't like it because they don't want to remember stuff like that. Um, I think that's but, true, yeah. But, like, they're ashamed of it. Why do you want to remember or, like, proclaim, yeah, I was enslaved at one point. Look at my jewelry. I don't know. But <laughs> right? in my personal just, like, observation of different types of sao and necklaces worn by Hmong Miao, um, quite a lot of them are chain-looking. Like, they look like chains. Quite a lot of them have larger... <clears throat> locks locks lock, that look right? literally like a lock where you would yeah. put a key <laughs> into um and so i think it's super interesting and al although now they're just like these beautiful necklaces like when you look at aspects of them and when you go and look at other groups in china you kind of start seeing where that whole lock like it just looks like it it's it's interesting so i'd be interested in knowing if this story exists in other Hmong cultures or and other, cultures. Or, or other minority cultures when you see like it's, it has that much significance in the culture and it's sexualized and it's all that and you, you can see why people's upset so on the topic of cultural appropriation um i was just really surprised that some folks were like why are Hmong people speaking out now when they're appropriating other cultures oh, like yeah, we've like that we've appropriated Lao dress that we've appropriated cambodian dress, dance cambodian dress sewn in onto american um, clothes or, or regular normal not american i think clothes, that's an interesting modern day clothing i think that's yeah. an interesting conversation um what do you think about we're a minority and we adapt we didn't choose to do it we we had to do it and in order to change or keep our culture alive you know, I think in, uh, in Laos, right? You think about when Hmong kids in Laos, they went to school, they had to wear Lao dresses. They had to change and adapt. So how do you differentiate yourself from the Lao students? You put a little Hmong symbol on your clothes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it just evolves over time. And then you start appropriating it into your own culture. But I don't think it's cultural appropriation because we're not making any money from it. Like, we're not... Uh, it's a power thing, right? The, the, the definition I read earlier is mm -hmm. that you are you have a privileged status. Is mm -hmm. Hmong people privileged enough to uh, do this and make a million bucks? We're so not. that's an interesting question because we are a minority. And I feel like if people feel like we're appropriating other cultures, what does that say about our status? Do we actually have the power and privilege to appropriate cultures that are larger, like more majority than us if that makes sense i don't think we have that power i think we do yeah. have the freedom the will and we do have the because we're in america we have the freedom to do anything and create anything but when it comes to power control influence and changing the narrative in, mm -hmm. in america we don't because look at other cultural appropriation issues in the past right mm -hmm. about the, the max mera issue the with the oma people yeah, yeah. The oma people and then the Ebenon london, the -London. Uh, the, see those issues i think are way more the royal, defined and the clear royal in my wedding, opinion. the royal wedding um, and his, his who his prince harry's ex-girlfriend wore the mong dress well well okay so that that takes me back to um and we might be jumping around a little here but that takes me back to this idea of like how cultural appropriation impacts um 
or like how the Hmong community actually just like what they often want to see is just the Hmong name attached right. to these items. But for me, I'm thinking more like, okay, well, what about like the people who are making this? Like, right. do they get credit? Do they, yeah, like are they're being exploited? Uh, yeah. um, are they, you know, getting the return and investment almost like these are these are designs that we've developed and carried and cared for for generations for the last however many years um and now they're being taken by people with more power with more privilege with more access by companies by brands and then being tooted as like a new invention or like some type of like okay um laurel street said this is a hmong inspired outfit but how is it Hmong inspired if literally verbatim it's it's like literally a Hmong sao? Oh. Like she did not she did not reinterpret it. She didn't she did not redesign it. it. She, she didn't make it. it. She, she said it was it? like yeah. I think somewhere it was like custom made or something. Uh-huh. And it's like It is custom made, but not by her. <clears throat> and then I don't them, know if it's custom made. Someone oh. online went and found the exact sao yeah. Yeah. Um, and posted a picture of it. For sale, yeah. Well, I'm just like, that's not custom made. Um, These are actually mass produced to some degree and mm-hmm. sold by, you know, like like Hmong vendors from Thailand. From Thailand. Vietnam, yeah, Laos. and so I don't understand how you can just buy one probably for like 50, 60 bucks and just like upsell it. Like, oh, it's custom made. Like that seems a little... I mean, I think a lot of people do that, though. The thing is, like, companies can be more um, socially aware. Like, uh, I met, like, I forget. I met a woman who was doing yoga clothes, um, and she was using Hmong batik designs, but she's working specifically with Itu Nittai, or, like, a grandma, mother, um, an older woman, who has been making batik for her whole entire life in Thailand um, to craft designs and paying her. Um, and then also taking a portion of what she makes and donating it back into the community to fund the schools in that part of Thailand. So, I mean, that, like, if you're using designs to create new designs, but you're also kind of creating this healthy economic system, yeah. like, I think that's a lot more fair than, I don't know if Epinon London is donating anything back to the people they buy their textiles from. I don't and know. they're making, like, what? Yeah. What's the percentage profit? Like, you can buy a piece of fabric like that for 50 bucks in Thailand or Vietnam, and then you just turn it into a dress and you can sell for $3,000. Like, because they have the brand, the power. Back to the cultural operation, they are a major clothing brand, and they have the power. That are, and they're not selling it among people, like you said. They're no. selling it to celebrities. So how do you think we can address cultural appropriation? I think, you know, moving forward, for me, I, I always see things that cultural appropriation, I, I would say it's it's okay to have Hmong-inspired uh, designs by people who are non-Hmong, but um, the credit has to be there. If you're 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 planning to sell it to the community, make it affordable, because uh, you know you you because you're privileged. You you can outprice you're you're outpricing the vendors from Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, China, and like your profit margin is probably like two hundred, three hundred, four hundred percent higher, mm-hmm. and so it's like. It is cultural appropriation because you're losing your privilege, your leverage to reach a market that they can't. I think for the Hmong community, it's like, okay, how do we do this? How do we support our Hmong artists uh, or our Hmong designers so that they could be the next major fashion designer? They could be that because I think in our community, we don't invest much into our arts and craft. Like, that's, like, very low on our list. Like, 
Oh, people don't appreciate Yeah, I mean, I think more and more now, but when I dig into some of the stuff from the past, like, I think people are just like, what about it? Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I buy clothes from China because mm-hmm. I travel a lot. And one day I was like, I'm going to buy these clothes I see from China that I keep traveling to because they look nice. But then I realized I start buying it. And then you're like, oh, the price tag is like two, three hundred dollars. And people's like, they're not going to buy it because they're only going to wear it one time or it's for show. But it's like, you know, how do Hmong, the Hmong community support, you know, our Hmong artists, designers? Uh, or how do we even create a brand that could be sold to to the public? Like, like, because we have the same freedom, the same Hmong Americans. As Hmong Americans, we have the same access to the market as uh, a regular regular Americans. Of course, we're gonna face a last door because we're 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 a minority. But <laughs> how do you know? How do we get through that? How do we get past that? How we move forward or address cultural appropriation is really interesting. Um, just um you provide really great insights on like economic like business-wise because oh, yeah. that's I'm your I come no from that's world good of- <laughs> but like i i always just think about it from my studies as a textile bundle person um and i i'm i'm looking at it from like what i see how people respond like a lot of people were really angry about this and i would just be honestly say like, I had a delayed response, maybe because I've seen so many of these cases that I was almost surprised to see, like, such a huge response to this. Um, and it made me think a lot about, like, how people feel. Like, people are really angry, and some people are becoming also very just, like, I don't care. Um, so it makes me see that there are certain things people want, right? So uh, Hmong folks want to educate people on their culture and what it means to be Hmong because in doing that in some way, it seems to support our own desire to preserve our culture and continue with our culture. But at the same time, like we're an indigenous peoples and we, I think we align with a lot of other indigenous peoples and that we're relearning our history and our culture every day. Um, and so there's more for us to learn about it. Um, and people are kind of becoming almost, what's that word? They're becoming like numb to it almost, I think. Oh, uh, like yeah. they're not caring as much. Definitely. But I, but we also want to grow economically and yes. creatively. And it almost feels like sometimes when you keep something in a bubble, then it's hard to grow. So there's sort of this struggle, right? Because we want to preserve something, but we want to grow. And people are talking about, well, this is a type of cultural appreciation. It's not necessarily bad. Like it's putting Hmong clothes on the spot. Like, you know, it's highlighting Hmong culture and clothes. And we want to be able to participate in this larger context in this world. But how do we participate? Because you were saying like, how do we support our own Hmong artists so that our stuff's not being stolen by other like designers and other companies and brands? You know, that's how, I think that's what we lack in the Hmong community is like, I love the Hmong community. We, we go on social media, we call people out, but how do we channel our energy? How do we channel? It's true. It's almost like it gets so big and then it just conflates to the point where people just get tired. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, again, it's another thing. yeah, again, so that's but, a great question. And then, and then they say somebody else will do it. Who, if you don't do it, there's a white company out there, or somebody I'm not that's saying white good. person out there, <laughs> who's gonna do it and they're gonna succeed, so and it's not gonna be you, and then we're gonna be mad again. <laughs> so, that's a good question, yeah. Maybe so. that's a question for us to end on to think more about, 
Yeah, so I think... Uh, what do we want to do about it? Yes. And what, what are, are we, we going to do, do about, about it? it? Yeah, because it's, be it's been repetitive over and over. And so does it come from policy? Does it come from advocacy? Does it come from uh, a, a group who thinks alike that comes together and monitor exactly. these things? Yeah. And, and do all that? Do we create a council? That we should. Fashion and all that? I mean, we have so many Hmong people. I would love Hmong, to do that if anyone wants to join. <laughs> that is in, like, fashion and design, you know? I, I, think, I think it's needed. Yeah. But we need, the thing is we need to have more of these conversations I think we do. And, and not just have it sporadically online here and there, but come together. Well, I think to like have and actually like create like action plans right. and you know. I think a lot of folks, you know, <clears throat> you go online to voice your anger, your vent, you know, and yeah. then that's it. You put it there, done. You said your piece. Yeah. And then you move on with your life. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also that's good too because you're bringing awareness. Mm -hmm. But then Somebody has to do the work or somebody has to continue the fight to get a certain result so that things don't repeat itself. I yeah. think, you know, one of the examples I see is when Kim Kardashian, uh, you know, she wanted to create a swimsuit wear, right? And then she wanted to call it the kimono. <laughs> and, then, and people were yeah, mad. Yeah, people were mad. Like Why would Japan, you do that? Like, everyone that just in makes... Japan, yeah, everyone in Japan would be Gosh, like, no, the kimono so rude. is rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't I even that. hate Kim K. I kind of like her, no, but yeah, she's, she's so rude. Yeah, That's yeah, rude. Yeah. And so they actually lobbied. They stopped her from getting it patented and, and you know, own the rights to it. And so she stopped. So her, yeah. her swimsuit wear is not called kimono anymore. That's something to think about, you know. That's yeah. Just right. Do we, where do we go from here? Well, this is our hot take. This is our hot take. Longish. Like and subscribe to our channel, social media. Uh, definitely we want to engage with our viewers out there. So let us know what you think by dropping a comment down below and we'll see you next time.